0: Welcome to the number 10 podcast, where we talk about the biggest moments in Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. I'm your host, Logan Agin. On today's episode, we're going to be going through the 10 biggest storylines from the past week in American soccer. To start, the New England Revolution rolled past Orlando City after securing a 3-1 victory in the Eastern Conference semifinals. In the 15th minute, Oriol Rossell fouled Tejan Buchanan inside the Orlando City box awarding New England a penalty kick. Carlos Heal stepped up and sank the kick from the spot. In the 26th minute, Heal played a ball down the line to Buchanan, who slaughtered the ball back to Adam Buxa. Buxa's shot hit off the post, but Gustavo Bowe was there and cleaned up the ball to double the Revolution's lead. In the 33rd minute, though, Orlando pulled one back, courtesy of Junior Erso. Nani served the ball to Chris Mueller, His original opportunity was stuffed by goalkeeper Matt Turner, but the second opportunity rolled loose in the box for Urso to clean up. But the comeback for Orlando got more difficult in the 60th minute when Maurizio Pereira went into a challenge against Matt Polster, studs-up. He was given a straight red card. Additionally, after the match, the MLS disciplinary committee ruled that Pereira's has been fined an undisclosed amount and will be suspended for the first two games next season. But the Lions still had a lifeline in the 73rd minute when Darrell DK was fouled in the box by Polster. Nani stepped up to take the kick, but it was saved by Matt Turner. The Ravs put the nail in the coffin when Carlos Heal played a through ball to Bo, who one-touched the ball into the back of the net late in the game. They will advance to the Eastern Conference Final this Sunday. Additionally, Columbus defeated Nashville in overtime, but before the match there was drama. Prior to the match, there was a series of players that tested positive for COVID, including starters Aloy Room and Derek Etienne Jr. for the Columbus crew. During regular time, neither team could break through, and the score remained at zero after 90 minutes. Nine minutes into the additional extra time, Lucas Dele played a ball down the left side of the field to Jossi Zardes. Zardes took the ball down the end line and slotted it back to Pedro Santos, who one-touched it into the back of the net. Minutes later, Zardes got one of his own when Luis Diaz played him a through ball that was commonly placed past the Nashville goal- goalkeeper, Joe Willis. With the victory, the crew will host the New England Revolution. The cl- two clubs have not faced off in 2020. In fact, they have not met since 2019, back when the Revs were still coached by Brad Friedel. Since then, the Revs have brought on legend coach Bruce Arena and signed DPs Carlos Hill, Gustavo Beau, and Adam Buxa. As for Nashville, they end their first season here. Despite missing MLS's back, they qualified their postseason and won two playoffs matches, including one against Toronto FC. And they have a lot to look forward to in 2021. In the Western Conference, the Seattle Sounders advanced again. Their match against FC Dallas started slowly. Neither team tallied a shot on target in the first half, but Seattle took advantage of their chance. In the 49th minute, Nico Ladero took a corner kick. Defender Shane O'Neill elevated and headed the ball into the back of the net. Dallas continued to try to claw back, but could not take advantage of their one chance. In the 63rd minute, Ryan Hollingshead played a cross that found Michael Barrios that banged off the front post. Andreas Ricarte found the rebound, but his opportunity was blocked by Yamar Gomez. With this result, FC Dallas has ended their up-and-down season. They missed out on MLS's back like Nashville over the summer, but they still managed to make the postseason. They lost the right-back Reggie Cannon when he made the jump to Europe and had Brian Reynolds quickly emerge to take his place. And now it seems like Brian Reynolds is also getting looks abroad. Another homegrown player, Paxton Pomacall, was injured late in the summer and hopefully he will be back for the beginning of the 2021 season. In the final... Western Conference semifinal match was the Battle of the Underdogs, Minnesota United versus Sporting Kansas City, and it was Minnesota that came up victorious. Prior to the match, Kansas City head coach Peter Vermes stated that his team was the Underdogs, despite being the number one seed in the West and having won every single match against Minnesota United at Children's Mercy Park in their history so far. Minnesota United has also been known to claim themselves as the underdog. During MLS's back, the Loons head coach, Adrian Heath, consistently referred to his group as the underdog. But when the match started, Kansas City was on the front foot, pinning the Loons back. But Minnesota United goalkeeper, Dane St. Clair, came up big, making three saves in the first 15 minutes. After that, he wouldn't make another save until the 76th. In the 26th minute, Kevin Molino received a ball from Emmanuel Reynoso that he calmly finished to put Minnesota United up by one. 12 minutes later, it was Reynosa to Molino again. Reynoso found space and chipped the ball over the Kansas City's back line, and Molino volleyed the ball into the back of the net. In the 39th minute, the Loons just put the nail in the coffin when Bique de Posse headed home a corner kick from none other than Emmanuel Reynoso. After this, Sporting Kansas City lost all momentum that they had for the first part of the half, and could not generate an opportunity to claw back. With this, Kansas City's journey ends here, and while they didn't make it as far as they would have wanted, they did show a lot of positives to take from last year. In 2019, they failed to even make the postseason, and this season they ended at the top of the West. They also found a key contributor in Alan Polito, who is extremely dangerous for Kansas City's attack, but only if he can stay healthy. It is important to note that he was injured for this match, and he did not play. As for Minnesota, they will travel to face the Seattle Sounders on Monday, and the two teams have yet to meet this year. But if Minnesota wants to succeed, they will not only need to continue their offensive performances from players like Reynoso and Molina, but they will also need to figure out to tighten up their defense so they're not giving up those early opportunities, because the attacking trio of Jordan Morris, Nico Ladero, and Raul Ruiz-Diaz will not squander those. One final note on the MLS Cup playoffs, with Kansas City being eliminated, Columbus is now at the top of the list to host the final if they win, and then followed by Seattle and then the Loons. In other MLS news, amid the roster announcements, we got one big piece of coaching news. Greg Vanney, the head coach of Toronto FC, announced that he'd be stepping down as head coach. Since taking the helm in 2014, Toronto has qualified for five post-seasons, including three runs to MLS Cup in 2016, 2017, and 2019. In 2017, they won MLS Cup, secured the Supporters' Shield, and won the Canadian Championship to secure the treble. While Vanny doesn't have a secure destination yet, there has been speculation that he'll be making the move to the LA Galaxy, who are searching for a new head coach after they fired Guillermo Barra-Sholoto earlier this fall. Vanny played for the Galaxy in two stints as a player. As for Toronto, they must now look for a new coach while they also are looking to fill a designated player spot with Pablo Piatti not coming back next year. For the national team, they announced the roster for their camp leading up to their friendly against El Salvador next week. The camp is primarily made of players that were based in MLS. There's only two players that were not, and that is CJ Dos Santos, who currently plays for Benfica, and Sebastian Soto, who was announced earlier today that will be playing for the national team in this camp. Also notably, 12 players in this camp have yet to earn a cap, and six of them are under 10 caps, including Brennan Aronson and Mark McKenzie, who had made their debuts back in January. There's also a large number of dual and multinationals in this camp, including Daryl DK, Julian Arajo, and Io Akinola. Also notably, Paul Ariola, who the most experienced player on this roster with 35 caps, is making his national team return after he suffered a torn ACL at the start of the year. He only appeared once for DC United this year during Decision Day as a sub. The U.S. men's national team is set to host El Salvador on Wednesday in Miami, Florida. As for the women's side, they came to a settlement with U.S. soccer over part of their ongoing lawsuit. This covered revisions over U.S. soccer's policy for equal working conditions, including flights, hotels, and venue selection. Cindy parlo the president of U.S. soccer and former U.S. women's national team player, also stated they are working with the women's national team to to reach a resolution for the rest of the lawsuit. More of that will sure to be coming in the coming months. In the NWSL, there's more uncertainty surrounding the Utah franchise. Over the summer, the Royals owner was put under investigations for racist comments that he had made when he was the owner of the Royals, MLS's Real Salt Lake, and the USL side Real Monarchs that was reported by The Athletic. Since then, he's been charged with selling all three teams, which has been quite difficult to find a buyer and likely that has become even more challenging amid the pandemic. However, Meg Lanahan of The Athletic reported earlier this week that there was a potential buyer for the NWSL team, only they're located in Kansas City. The Utah Royals actually moved from Kansas City in 2017. This story is continuing to develop, but we will need to resolve the situation soon as preseason for all these clubs begins in February. In other news for the Utah Royals, Kelly O'Hara is leaving them and is headed to join the Washington Spirit for the next season. The two-time World Cup champion joined the Royals at the end of 2017, but has only appeared for them 12 times, plus two matches at the NWSL Challenge Cup this summer. This is because she struggled with injuries in 2018 and was gone with the national team for most of 2019. It is also important to note that O'Hara spends a lot of her offseason in the D.C. area with her partner. This is similar to the move that Crystal Dunn made earlier this fall when she went to the Portland Thorns to be closer to her husband, who is a trainer for the Thorns. This is the second U.S.-allocated player that has left the Royals this year. Kristen Press made the move to Manchester this fall, and her rights were picked up by racing Louisville in the expansion draft. Finally, a quick update on the Americans abroad. This week, we saw a record of seven players appear in the UEFA Champions League in one match day. This included starts from Christian Pulisic, Weston McKennie, Gio Reyna, and Sergio Dest. Chris Richards, Tyler Adams, and Conrad De La Fuente all subbed on for their clubs. The teams went 4-0-2. Five of the 16s have already qualified for the round of 16, and the only one that's left is RB Leipzig and Tyler Adams. And they will advance if they win against Manchester United next week. As for the other Americans that are eligible to compete, Zach Steffen and Manchester City have clinched the top seed for their group. He is yet to make his debut, but he could do that next week against Marseille. Ethan Horbath and Club Rouge must win against Lazio this Tuesday to advance. They drew one all in their last meeting. Alex Mendez and Ajax need a win over Atalanta to advance and has spent a good amount of time with young Ajax. We could also see Americans facing off against each other this next week, with McKinney and Juventus facing Dest, Conrad, and Barcelona on Tuesday. Over the weekend, we've already seen some goals. Gio Reina scored the equalizer Saturday morning for Dortmund against Frankfurt. Weston McKinney scored the equalizer for Juventus's Serie A in their match against Torino. This was his first goal in Italy, and he has become the third American to score in Serie A, behind Alexi Lawless and Michael Bradley. And finally, Eunice Musa, who appeared for the national team for the first time in this past camp, inked a new deal with his club, Valencia. That is all for now. Thank you for joining me on the Number 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Agan. If you haven't had a chance, please go and listen to our interviews last week with Proquette Reddy and Diego Gutierrez. They're both fantastic. But until then, make sure you like, rate, review, and share with your friends. Till next time.